Welcome to the Higher Ground Podcast, a show that equips you with kingdom truth, inviting you to take hold of the Father's heart and mind concerning you and your assignment on this side of eternity. Let grace and light flood your way as you listen on this episode. It has been a wonderful time in the Lord's presence from when I walked in, I personally sensed the presence of God. Hallelujah. How many of us have sensed the presence of God throughout? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. For those who don't know me, my name is um, Chadwin Kocheng and um, blessed of God to be a son in this assembly. Hallelujah. And I am married to one wife who is called Eunice Chadwin. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Um, thank you so much, Mama and Papa, for this opportunity to be able to um, minister in this place. I truly count it um, a favor and a blessing to be granted this opportunity. Hallelujah. Now, I, when I was asking the Lord what to share today, I honestly... <laughs> but... Uh, the Lord dropped something in my spirit, and that I will share. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. How many of us are excited that we are in the last leg of a year? Amen. Have you uh, asked your neighbor, how far are you with your year resolutions? Amen. I know some have, uh, just tell them the percentage of how far you have covered. <laughs> I know some are still at 10%. Hallelujah. Glory be to God, but there's grace for speed. Amen? So I want us to um, read a portion of scripture from the book of Second Kings. From the book of Second Kings. Uh, it's a very long portion of scripture. I don't know if you have a projection. Is it there? Okay. Let's read from chapter 7. Um, we'll read all the way from verse 1 all the way uh, to verse 10. Hallelujah. Now, the, 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 the title of my sharing today is The Audacity of Faith. Hallelujah. Let's tell your neighbor the audacity of faith. Say boldly, the audacity of faith. I believe this is not a story that is uh, new to most of us. Uh, many of us, we've gone through this story. And every time I keep thinking about um, this story in scripture, I keep getting new revelations around it. And uh, God keeps showing me something new around this portion of scripture. So we're going to talk about the audacity of faith. Now, the story in chapter 7 is interesting, but there's a background to the story um, in chapter 7, if you look at the preceding chapter, we find a very um, precarious state in the city of Samaria, where by the help of someone called King Ben-Hadad uh, of a Syrian camp, Samaria was under siege. And Bible says that for a long period of time, they were under siege to a point that the economy of Samaria was completely dilapidated. Praise the Lord. 
the, 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 you call them the coffers. I had a, a politician say the coffers were handed over to us dry. Hallelujah. So that was a state um, in the city of Samaria. It was so bad, and uh, something triggered this move of God that we sing in chapter 7. Before that, one time, Bible says the king of, of Samaria was walking around just on the walls of a city, and he found a woman there who was in distress. She was um, crying and lamenting, and she sought the king's attention and told the king, Oh, king, I've come. Thank God you have come. I need your help. And the first thing, I think the king was also looking at the state of, um, of the city, and he told him, If the Lord cannot help you, then who am I? I can't help you. But there was a good king that, despite saying that, he listened and asked, What is the problem? And the woman had a very um, painful story. And she says, there was another woman, I believe that woman was there with her. Say, this woman here, tell your neighbor, this woman here, lied to me yesterday that we eat my son, hallelujah, or my child, and we boiled my child, we ate my child, and she had promised that today, for today's meal, we will do what? We will eat her child. That is how, you know, we've not gotten to those levels of starvation, Amen where people are eating their children. And says now when it, it arrived to the day where she was supposed now to be the one to um, uh, uh, give out her child for food, she went and hid the child. I want to imagine these children were very young because I don't believe this is a 10-year-old child that you can just take and, you know, boil like that. This must have been very young children. So she went and hid her own. So she de deceived this woman. So she had sought the king's um, attention because of this. And Bible says when the king had this, he didn't know, he didn't know how much the starvation had got. It had gotten to this level where people are now what? Eating their children. He said, his first statement was, God help me. <laughs> if by the end of this day, the head of Elisha, <laughs> of Elisha, the servant of God, will still be on his neck, God help me. If that head will still be there, then I'm, I'm not a king anymore. Hallelujah. It's interesting how in the old days there was um, a collaboration between the priestly and the kingly. So much so that when events were happening that were contrary to what people expect, they would go to spiritual people. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so Elisha was under pressure. He picked it up in the realm of a spirit that someone was being sent to, to decapitate his head. And it was that woman's call, that cry, that made him to Google quickly in the realm of a spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He Googled quickly in the realm of a spirit because he knew his head was not going to be um, uh, upon his neck. Hallelujah. Before the end of that day. Because, I mean, a king's decree. Bible says what the word of a king is, there is what? There is power. And that is when the word from the Lord was released at such a time as this tomorrow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And sometimes I wonder, suppose that woman did not raise a distress call. For how long would people in Samaria continue eating their children? Suppose the petition of that woman did not rise up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then there's a beautiful story there because a word was released like today, like any other day, a word can be released in the realm of a spirit. But it took some four lepers to activate that word. Hallelujah. And that is where the, 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 
the, the bulk of, of, of my sermon is going to be the audacity of faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know we have all, we have all different testimonies at this time of the year. We are just starting the last quarter of the year. I don't know what your resolutions were at the start of the year. I don't know what you had entrusted God to do for you at the start of his year. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you that in these last three months, amen, hallelujah, if you apply yourself to have audacious faith, then you are able to see a turnaround in the things that look like they are deplorable. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. I know some of us are at that place where you're wondering, where is this God that I've been trusting the whole year? I had entrusted God. Some of us, God had even speaking, spoken to you concerning certain things about your life. But up to now, you have not seen it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But there is going to be a shift in Jesus' name. The angel of the Lord spoke to Mary and said, To him that believeth, there shall be a performance. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, there shall be a performance. So, the word has been released because every move of God is normally preceded by a sound. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, every move of God is preceded by a sound. And we see God use his prophet to release a sound. And that sound was a prophetic voice that says such a time as this tomorrow. It looks ridiculous. It's almost like in our current state, someone comes and says in a prophet, say such a time as this tomorrow, fuel prices are going to be half what it is right now. Hallelujah. Of course, we'll say you are bluffing. Amen. Because we know the trend has been, it's been going higher, 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 higher. Hallelujah. So someone comes and says by such a time as this tomorrow, one liter of petrol take us there. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That someone can just be there for you to, you know, just rest you when you are tired, when you are head, you're feeling too much, you know. This guy. And this guy came with all his economic analysis, came with his understanding of economic situation. He looked at the, the, the trends that have been there for the last couple of months. I don't know how long this siege situation had been. And he said, even if God opens up all the windows of heaven, <laughs> Such a thing cannot happen. How can you say that tomorrow, as a time like this, are you speaking in prophetic timing or you're speaking according to the time of men? 24 hours after today, what are you exactly are you saying? But when God speaks something, before God says anything, he assesses himself and looks at his capacity to back up that word. Hallelujah. And God had pronounced that word through his prophet because he knew he was able to back it up. Hallelujah. That brings us to a point that God does not speak out of season. God cannot speak what he cannot do. Hallelujah. It's only us human beings who say things we can't do. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. But I'm amazed that... I don't know if there were priests in Samaria. I don't know if there were fivefold ministers in Samaria after that word had been declared. I don't know, but I'm only seeing life has put you outside of a city gate and you think you are disadvantaged. But that is actually your place of victory. Hallelujah. Because think of it, if these lepers were inside of a city, they needed protocol. They would have needed protocol to get outside of a city because they were lepers, they were unclean, they were, they were with blemish, and that's why they were banished outside of a city. And I liked how they reasoned because faith is also not foolish. Hallelujah. They said, if we stay here, tell neighbor, if we stay here, we will die. It is, it is sure we will die. If we go back to the city, People are eating their own children. There is no hope for us there. When we go there, we will also die. But they say there is a 50-50 chance. 
if we go towards the enemy's camp, two things can happen. Tell your neighbor two things. Hallelujah. The first thing is that they can look at us. They can see we are lepers. They can see we are helpless. We don't have any guns. We don't have any, any, any machete or anything. And they can have mercy on us. And we will leave. But either way, they can look at us and say, these guys are Jews. I mean, these are our enemies. Let's kill them. They say we will but die. But even if we die in that state, we were meant to die anyway. We were going to die anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we, our, our best chance is to advance towards the enemy's camp. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Sometimes God will cause us to make certain advances. Amen. I, I remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were there. And the fire had been, you know, made and said, anyone who does not bow down to the idol of King Nebuchadnezzar, they were supposed to be thrown into the fire. And some people came and reported that, oh, king, when you gave the decree for people to worship at the sound of a psaltery, the trumpets and tambourine and lyres and everything, there are some men who did not bow. And Bible says the king's anger was kindled. He called them forth and say, come on, come here. I want to give you a chance to defend yourself. If you are able to bow well and good, but if you resist, and they told the king, I love what they said, oh, king, our God is well able to save us. But even if he doesn't, Sometimes when you go in the, in, the, in the step of faith, amen, there's always that part of even if, amen. Even if you're praying for someone who is sick, you say, even if they don't get well, I'm not the healer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is the one who is called Jehovah Rapha. Sometimes I tell myself that. I say, I'll pray for this person. If they don't get well, at least I am not Jehovah Rapha. Amen. Glory be to God. They will have Jehovah Rapha to answer why they were not healed. Amen. So this guy said, even if our God does not rescue us, we are not going to bow. And they advanced themselves into the fire, which had been made seven times hotter. And Bible says, as they did that advance, the Lord God Almighty showed up in their midst. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Tell our neighbor the audacity of faith. Tell our neighbor the audacity of faith. And I'm amazed how God decides to use lepers. Men who are not nobility. Men who are not fivefold ministers. Because sometimes we tend to think these uh, exploits of faith are only a preserve of the fivefold minister. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves and say, I don't know how to speak before people. God has already put a vision in your heart, but you have already disqualified yourself. You have already given a list of ten things that you can't do. But when it comes to the agency of the voice of God, God looks for anybody. He picks up anyone who is willing to take and become audacious in their faith. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You say, ah, but I've done wrong things in my life. God sometimes overlooks that. Hallelujah. Because he wants to use you. Say God wants to use you. Now, very quickly, I want to go to, from this story, five pillars, and we will be done. We'll pray. Five pillars of audacious faith. Five pillars of audacious faith. I'm going to go um, a bit fast around them, and then we'll pray. Amen. Because I sense that God wants to do something great with our lives. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. When God begins to show up, you'll soon realize that what you are afraid of is afraid of you. Tell your neighbor, what you are afraid of is afraid of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the first pillar of audacious faith 
is for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. So one of the first pillars of faith, audacious faith, is the word of God. And that word we are calling it Rema word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There are two words, and I've said this before, there are two words which are normally used to connote the word of God. There's what we call the logos of God, and there's what we call the rema of God. The logos of God is the written word. Hallelujah. It is what you interact with whenever you are doing your Bible study. You are reading when you are talking about events. You are talking about when God spoke to somebody. God spoke to Elijah. Oh, God spoke to Ezekiel. The Bible says, and the, the, his words entered me and he made me to stand on my feet. So when you read all that, that is the logos of God. The documented account of the dealings of God with men. That is the logos. Hallelujah. Anybody can read logos. I mean, I've seen sometimes even when you go to the streets, you find people of other faiths, for example, Muslims. They will take the logos of God and then they kind of challenge you. Say, who is a Christian here? Then they read a portion of scripture and say, now, can you defend this? So that is the logos of God. And it is good to have the logos. Hallelujah. Because the logos then forms the basis for Rema. But now Rema is, is the spoken word. It is... It is the word of God for now. That's, that's the only way I can describe it. Amen? The word of God for? For now. For example, if you look at the story of Elisha, think of it, you are a prophet in a place like Nairobi. And the governor has said, today will not end. Before the head of prophet Libea, for example, goes down. Now, which, which, which verse, which verse are you going to read in scripture to, 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 to cushion you from that? It's already going to happen. Praise the Lord. The, 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 the governor has spoken it. This was the state where Elisha was. I mean, a word has been decreed. He knows somebody's coming and he knows that by the end of that day, his head will have been spreaded from his neck. But he googled in the realm of the spirit and came up with the realm of what, what God was saying for that situation at that time. Hallelujah. Rema is important because that Rema is even the creative word of God. Bible says by faith in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Rema of God because Rema is the inspired word. It is a word that will produce the result now. Hallelujah. Because sometimes we have logos and then we are, we are wondering why the logos is not working. I, I was reading a story of, of, of one of the generals of faith called um, 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 Pastor Yongicho, and he was talking about uh, a story of some two girls, or some, some, not girls, there were several people, there were young people who had gone on a trip. And when they had gone on this trip, uh, they, they trained very heavily. And then they got to a place where the waters were so high and they were not able to cross. So some of the young people, I think about three or four people, decided to use the scripture that Jesus walked on water. It was Logos, praise the Lord. They had read it in scripture and they knew that Jesus had walked on water. So they said, ah, guys, Jesus walked on water. We are going to walk on this water and go to the other side. Hallelujah. And their faith was solid on that Logos word. They drowned and died. Praise the Lord. Because that is not a word given. Now, you cannot start uh, by now. Whenever I see somebody, I join myself. To their chariot. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You get what I mean? When I see somebody, I do what? Join myself to the... 
You can join yourself to a terrorist chariot and they will take you out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that's why we have to listen for the Rema word. What is God saying? What has God said? It was only possible for the, for, for the miracle of the four lepers because God had already released a word by such a time as this, tomorrow. Had they come earlier, maybe the miracle would not have happened. Had they come a week before the word was released, God would not have backed it up because it did not have the authority of God behind that word. Hallelujah. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Romans 10 verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Hallelujah. So we need to get to a point where we saturate ourselves so much with God's word that you get to a point where that word becomes living inside of us. Hallelujah. And remember, it is the word of God which is the sword of the spirit. So God, every time God wants to bless you, he locates his word in your life. Amen. And he uses that word to wage the warfare that needs to be waged through you. Amen. So that means that the less of a word you have, the, the, the more of the failures you get. Even Jesus at the point of temptation, Bible says it is say, he said it is written. It is written. And the final time he didn't say it, he said it is said. That was Rema. And Bible says when he did that, the enemy left him. Because he spoke a Rema word. Hallelujah. So the word, Bible says, let the word of God dwell in us richly. We cannot, faith cannot, standing on. And she says nothing in particular. None in particular. And he told her, you also, your healing is also going to be none in particular. Hallelujah. Because there, there is nothing that your faith is anchored on. Faith can only be anchored on the word. Imagine Abraham taking his son to go and sacrifice by the, the, the advice of his own mind. He would have had chaos in his home. Hallelujah. He just said, ah, I'm feeling zealous for God. God has given me this. And, and, and maybe, maybe let's say there was a prophetic meeting in that place. And there was a big tent meeting like we had last week at Ramaphes. And the Lord spoke, you know, to people in that meeting where Abraham was. And said, the Lord is saying, sacrifice something dear to you. And God did not speak this particularly to him. He would have taken his son and gone and sacrificed in vain. Hallelujah. That's why we need Rema. Tell anybody, you need Rema. Say, you need Rema. Say, you need Rema. Hallelujah. Moving very fast. So the first pillar for audacious faith is the Rema word. And Rema is built on the foundation of the logo. Second pillar is action. Say action. Say action. And this we find in 2 Kings chapter 7 from verse 3 to verse 5. Where the four lepers advise themselves that we are not going to sit here we are going to move. We are not going to sit here and die. We are going to move forward. We are not going to go back to where we came from, but we are going to move forward. Irrespective of our state, irrespective of, of, of the leprosy that is, uh, you know, damaging our skin, we are going to move. I remember one of the um, generals of God, I know most of us know him, he's of blessed memory, Reynard Bonke. He, he used to have this quote. He used to say, God goes with goers. God does not sit with sitters, neither, neither does he sleep with sleepers. Amen? God goes with goers. So the second pillar for audacious faith is action. And we also see that in the book of James chapter 2 from verse 17 to verse 18 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by 
my works. Hallelujah. Yeah, there has to be an action to our faith. Yes, you believe that God said that you're going to be a great musician. That's true. God spoke it to you. But what is the action that is following it up? Hallelujah. Who, who are your mentors? Who are the people you are listening to? You cannot be, you know, God spoke to you. Oh, you're going to be a great worshiper, but you're only listening to Ohangla music. And we're wondering who is mentoring you in, in, this, in this space. Hallelujah. Yes, God told you that you're going to be an evangelist of renown. But you don't even know those who have been there that God has used. Hallelujah. What action? What, what is this thing that you can say I am doing as I get closer to take possession of what God has called me to do? Hallelujah. You are there. You don't even know the latest song that uh, Essence of Worship have, have, uh, have released. Amen. Listen to those songs. You know, you say God called you to worship ministry. Listen, look at how complex they are changing the keys. They are doing all that. And you say, God, I want to be like that. You are, you are positioning yourself. You are behaving like the four lepers saying we are not going to sit here and do nothing. Yes, nobody may not be recognizing me now, but there's something I'm going to do that within a short time, I'll find myself in the enemy's camp, and when that time comes, I will plunder all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Which books are you reading? Yes, God said that he's going to put an anointing for nations upon you, but which books are you reading so far? Which people are you connecting to? Who are the mentors that are mentoring you in that direction? Or are you seated walking with a, with, a, with a mantle? You know, when I was seated there and I was praying, and the Lord just dropped in my spirit, very visible. So he says, there are men who are the Elishas in our generation who are walking with mantles, and all the people know is that they have a mantle. They are meeting the river Jordans, but they can't even stretch that mantle to part the waters. Hallelujah. When Elisha received a mantle from Elijah, he came to the waters and says, where is the Lord God? of Elijah, and the waters parted. Hallelujah. So what corresponding action are you doing in, in, uh, in accordance with what God has already spoken concerning your life? Hallelujah. Yeah, we like walking around with prophetic words. You know, God spoke to me five years ago. God said that I was going to be one, two, three, four, five, six. And for the rest of our life, that is a story. God spoke. You even have where you have written your prophetic words. But what have you been doing? What is the action? Because God goes with goers. Hallelujah. It was until the lepers decided to advance forward that there were, there, there were just four men. Then God began to amplify. Had they remained there talking and discussing amongst themselves, nothing would have happened. But the God caused the enemy to hear the voice of a great army because some four men convinced themselves that we are not going to sit here and do nothing. We are not going to sit here and look pretty and handsome. We are going to stand up and do something that is going to count. Hallelujah. I don't know where you are today. I know we are at the last, you know, uh, segment of this year. I don't know what it is that God placed in your heart. And I don't know what you have committed to do towards that thing. Hallelujah. For some of us, it may just mean that God is waking you up every day at 4 a.m. and you are praying in other tongues for one hour and then you go back to sleep. You are making an investment concerning that word which the Lord has spoken concerning your life. And the Bible says, when the clouds be full of rain, they will empty themselves to the earth. Hallelujah. What action? What action are we taking? The things that Jesus began to do and to teach. To do and to teach. Hallelujah. Do you need to enroll maybe to a certain course? 
Do you need maybe to get an amend in a certain direction? There has to be something we are doing. We can't just sit around and say, you know, Samaria is bad. You know, people are dying. But we are not doing anything about it. Hallelujah. And that is how we find day in, day in. It doesn't matter what prophetic word has been released in our lives. If there's not going to be any action to it, then we can better forget about that word. Hallelujah. No wonder Bible says that by the prophecies which were given to use them to wage a good warfare. Hallelujah. And mama taught us over and over again how to wage warfare with prophetic words. Hallelujah. We enforce it until it happens. Amen. Tell neighbor, enforce it until it happens. Action. Some of us are suffering from maybe some heartbreak. You are a brother. You've been eyeing a sister for three years. You've never gone close even just to say hi to that sister. You are hoping that the Lord is going to send an angel to reveal and herald your voice to that sister before you show up. Hallelujah. And you wait and someone will come and take that girl and marry them. Before you realize it, they have five children and you are still there trusting the Lord. Hallelujah. Because you just failed to act. What's the worst that can happen? She will say no then. You move on to the next one. Hallelujah. I was narrating to my wife last week. When I was in high school, I was a very timid young man. Very timid. Extremely timid. Oh, goodness. Thank God for the gospel. Hallelujah. So there's this time we had gone to the agriculture show. How many of us know a SK show? That happens most of the time in Gong. So we had gone there. I think I was in Form 3. A very humble boy from the village. And uh, we walked around. And the, the, this, this girl was very beautiful. From a school called Matungulu. Girls School. Hallelujah. And me, I was in one of those good schools. Amen? So I said, ah, this girl is beautiful. I just need to say hi to her. And, you know, there's this thing in high school called vibing. Okay? So I said, ah, oh, my goodness. This is my time. And I need to vibe this girl. But I noticed there's a, there's a challenge with beautiful girls. They don't like walking alone. They always surround themselves with a cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah. So that if you are a serious guy, you have to penetrate that inner circle until you get to them. Hallelujah. So I looked at the cloud of witnesses. I said, Jesus Christ. There were like eight, eight girls around her, just protecting this one girl. So I said, okay, let's. So I was with a brother of mine. Okay, he's not really, he was not born again then, so I wouldn't call him a brother. But we walked together. So I said, he was called Victor. Victor, uh, that girl. So I'll go for her. And then you can take one of the other eight. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ, we began to follow this, this bunch of girls. One hour, we are just walking, keeping a safe distance. Hallelujah. Two hours, keeping us. Oh, Jesus, it's lunchtime. So I think five girls dropped off, so they were left three. So I said, maybe this is easier. So I told Victor, with the plan, we still stick to the plan. I'll take the girl, then you can take the others. Another one hour, we are just following. With a hundred meter distance. So it got to a point God was even helping us. And we were not noticing how God was helping us. There were left now two girls. Hallelujah. Just the one and another girl. God is trying to help us but we are not moving. Amen. We are just there. We are following closely. So it got to a point. I told Victor. But we have now to time. It's almost. Our buses are about to beckon on us to go back to school. It's almost 4 p.m. now. And we started following these girls from 11 a.m. 
almost 4 p.m. because of a spirit of fear. Oh, boy. Very timid. So we agreed with Victor now. It is time. We have to do this. Whether we die, we die. Amen? But we have to advance. You remember what Esther told the Jews? says, you pray. As I then I will go before the king. If I die, I die. So we walked with Victor. So we agreed. The plan was clear. We go in. Victor takes the other girl, and I take the girl. Amen. So we got in there. Finally, we got courage. Our hearts beating, almost entering our abdomen. You know, we are just there. My God, what am I going to say? But we, we summoned courage and walk. We arrived there. Victor said his name. My name is Victor, and I'm from Alliance. And then he walked away. Jesus. Now I am here. This was not part of a script. This was not part of a plan. I was disoriented. Me, now, not only with the girl, but also with, with an overflow. Amen. Hallelujah. And do you know what I also did? With that time, my, my, my lips are shaking. I don't even know if I said my name or I said someone else's name. And, you know, I just said, my name is so-and-so. I'm also from Alliance. And I walked away. Now, that's not, that is not the most painful part of it. The most painful part of it was 30 minutes later, I see one of the crooks that we had in school. Serious crook. Jesus. You know, in our school, we used to have, when they were used to re read the results, huh? there was top 20 and bottom 20. So this guy was not just a crook. also a crook who was chronically in bottom 20. Huge guy plays basketball. Huge. I, let me not call his name. He might be your cousin or even your brother. Let me spare you that. And I see this guy walking with this big girl, holding the hand, and they are laughing. Jesus! <laughs> you know, I felt, for the first time, I felt the pain of being a coward. The pain. I, I looked at myself. I looked at this crook. I said, what does he have that I don't have? The brains I have. Potential. I, what? And he was walking, and the girl was happy, smiling. You know, I was like, what did he tell her? That we, me and Victor, but then Victor became the third best boy in the country in KCC. So I'm, we're not talking about people who are, who are average here. He was a very good guy. And that day, I remember seeing that guy walk with that girl from Matungulu, girls. And they stayed, he went and bought her some, some things there, and the girl was just happy. They were exchanging contacts. And, and the pain in me kept inching closer just to see. I said, God, just give me grace even to get this girl's contact. But of course, you can, you can, it, it didn't happen. I was just too scared and too afraid. Amen. And that is the story of most of us. We fear the unknown. We fear that, suppose I make the move. Suppose I, maybe I'm going to embarrass myself before the people. Some of us, maybe God has given you a grace for public speaking. But every time God wants to nudge you, push you to put yourself in there, you're like, no. Maybe Nikishrabu Kombele, people will laugh at me, you get. And then we find that we are, we, are, we are always running away from the moves of God in our time. Amen? Praise the Lord. May God give us. The Bible says we've not been given a spirit that binds us again to fear, but we've been given the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. This is the time you tell yourself, if God says I can do it, then I will do it. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter that I don't have the resources yet. It doesn't matter that there's no one who is listening to me yet. I will do it. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. If God has called you to be a preacher, while you still don't have an, any audience, go to your house, summon all the seats, summon every, everything, the spoons and everything, and begin to preach to them. Hallelujah. They also have ears. They will hear the gospel. Amen. As you are getting ready for what God is going to do. So one of the true pillars, the second pillar of audacious faith is action. Say action. Do something. Begin to do something about what God is saying concerning your life. Don't just sit there. You know, you are a sister, you are, you are uh, taken through the school of character development, and now because of that, you have decided that you have locked doors for any potential suitors in your life. And God wants to move powerful in your life even through that dimension, but you have locked yourself out because you are still seeing yourself as a leper in that area. But let me tell you that God is God also who uses lepers. Amen. For the glory of his name. Amen. Where were the evangelists in Samaria? Why wasn't them that God used to herald his move? He only used four men who were willing to be there. Some of us, you are seated here and you have a great voice. Jesus, you have a great voice. You can sing and you know it. But every time God is pushing you, you are seated there. You even know when we are singing off key here, you know. You know that one, Angeimbia F sharp. But you are seated there because of fear. God is pushing you, but you are sitting back. Amen. Let's go to the third pillar. Action is important. Action is important. The third pillar is the work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit. We are talking about audacity of faith. The work of the Spirit. And the Word of God says in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6, for the Lord God had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lord, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. There was a work of a spirit on the background. I've come to quickly realize that there is no faith without the spirit. Amen. Whatever the spirit will not back, nothing will happen. That is why even at creation, Bible says it had to take the spirit of a living God hovering over the face of the deeps. Then God spoke. The spirit had to be there first. This man was successful because the spirit did something. He amplified the noises of their feet as they were shuffling towards the enemy's camp. That what they heard was the sound of a mighty army coming to destroy them. And they had to flee away by terror because the spirit was moving. We come to realize that in the dealings of God, we are just but a very small speck in the movings of God. But God decides to use you as little as you are, as ignorant as you are. God uses you to amplify himself so that at the end of a day, no man can stand before him and say, I did this by myself. Hallelujah. So that no man can stand before him and boast and say it was because of my power that I did this. That's why God is one who specializes in using the base things of this world to ashamed the strong and the wise. Because God, at the end of the day, he wants all the glory to go back to him. Hallelujah. That is why the most important asset we can have in this journey is the presence of the Spirit of God. Joseph was in the Egyptian slave markets, naked. Everything about him. Those days they used to sell slaves. You are naked. They'll just tie you maybe with some chains and they put you there on display. But what made the difference in Genesis chapter 39, Bible says, the Lord God was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. Even before he entered into Potiphar's house, 
God had already marked him for prosperity. Why? God was with him. Hallelujah. Someone said in this kingdom, it doesn't matter who is against you. It matters who is for you. Amen. If God be for us, who then can be against us? So it doesn't matter who does not like you. It matters who likes you. Amen. <laughs> if the Lord is with you, then you can be guaranteed that victory will belong to you. Amen. It doesn't matter what you have to face. Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, where he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Hallelujah. So we have always to tarry in God's presence until we are sure that he's with us. And sometimes the whole world will be against you. But when he is for you, there is so much you can do. When he is with you, there is so much you can do. Moses, ask Moses, he tried to deliver Israelites without him. In his mind, he thought, if I just kill all these Egyptians one by one, then I would rescue our people. He did one and it ended up in him fleeing away. But when now God came to be with him, the result was tremendous. Hallelujah. The result was tremendous. Bible says when God now came to be with him, he made him a God unto Pharaoh. Praise the Lord. Before that, he tried to be, a, to be his own martyr, to try to bring salvation. God had to take him for another 40 years of training for him to learn that unless the Lord moves, nothing moves. The word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel in the book of Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, Tell, go tell Zerubbabel that it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by the Spirit. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Mark 16 verse 20 says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. The Lord had to be with them for there to be any signs or wonders following. Hallelujah. So the third pillar for audacious faith is the presence of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Uh, the fourth pillar moving very fast. We have five pillars and then we'll be done. The fourth pillar from this story is the pillar of love. Tell your neighbor love. I know you didn't expect that. The pillar of love. Look at what happens in 2 Kings 7 verse 9. Uh, the Bible says, And when they said one to another, we do, not, we do not well, this is a day of good things, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. They arrived at the place of abundance, and they were tempted to be selfish. After all, these guys had thrown us out of the city. After all, we are outcast and we are punished. And when they arrived there, they found serious bounty. They found gold. They found silver. They found animals, camels, donkeys. If it was some of us from some communities and, you know, in Africa, this would have been a time to start an empire. Hallelujah. We would have had a, a, a leprous empire that four leprous men are now cartels. Hallelujah. They are trading in gold and trading in silver. Amen. And if you ask them, and you see, the, 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 the fallacy of this is that if they would have done that, they would have used the power of God for selfish gain. Because had it not been the voice of God that spoke, 
there would have not even been any bounty in the first place. So they got to a point and their hearts smote them and said, guys, wait, what are we doing? Because they had to touch some things, putting some gold in some corner. You know, that's how sometimes we even merchandise the anointing of God. Putting some things, you know, in some corner, lest they come and find out, you know, and all that. Probably if it was some of us, online, you are looking for people who are trading in gold. You are in gold mafia. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. But their hearts smote them. Says, let something come on us. Why don't we go and call also our people? To come and enjoy this bounty. It was, the, it was the era of Gehazi. When God had demonstrated his love to Naaman. He decided, ah, how can a whole prophet reject seed? This guy has brought seed. Ah, Jesus, this prophet is foolish. He followed. Naaman says, you know, my master has changed his mind. That bring it. And there's something happened to him. <laughs> Amen. Tell a neighbor, don't be a Gehazi. Don't be a Gehazi. Audacious faith can only work through love. I'll go very fast. The book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Galatians 5 verse 6. But faith which worketh by love. Your faith will not work if your love is not intact. Amen. And the story that comes to my mind as we come closer, finishing, was a story of one of the evangelists of all, a great, healing, a great healing revivalist. How many of us ever heard of John G. Lake? And what God used him to do in Spokane. He used to have these healing booths. And one time, probably I've said this before, and I'll say it again, maybe you are not there or you have forgotten, so I'll remind you, amen? So John G. Lake speaks of a time when he was praying for... And those days, they would tarry and pray for somebody until the healing manifests. You know, nowadays, uh, we, we don't tarry too much. We just ask people, you know, lift up your hands, and then if God has touched you, come forward. These guys would go to people who are sick. Sometimes they would pray the whole night until the people become well. So one of these times, they were praying for a lady who had cancer. Oh, this dear lady was in a lot of pain. But lady had so much faith, she didn't want any medication. At least nowadays, we know there are medications that can alleviate the cancer pain. But she didn't want. And they prayed with her, tarried with her almost the whole night. She wasn't getting any relief. Every time they would pray, she would get a bit of relief, but the cancer pain would be too much. So at some point, around midnight, him and his team, John Gillick, they went to freshen up. I think they had prayed their lungs out and they were all sweaty and all that. So they said, let's go and do what? Freshen up and come back to pray for this lady until her healing manifests. So it is said that as they had gone to freshen up, they are chained and, you know, refreshed and everything. They were coming back. They heard the scream of this woman from where they had left her. The scream was so sharp, it pierced through the cold night. And it touched the heart of John Gillick. From where he was, he began to run towards this woman because of the pain of that scream. For the first time, that scream meant something to him. He came and ran towards this woman. The woman was frail and thin. Her bones had popped out. All the meat in her system had completely dilapidated. She was so bony and skinny. So she came, he came and held her on his arms and began to cry because of the pain of that scream. And it is said as he did that, the healing of the woman became instant. Instant. She was healed completely and began to walk. Faith worketh by love. God had, that's why you find in the accounts of Jesus. The Bible says, and Jesus moved by compassion. 
He was not moved by power. He was moved by compassion. And that's why faith cannot work by folly. The Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy 3 verse 9, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. And elsewhere he says in the book of James chapter 4 verse 3, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. This was the era that the leprous men were about to enter. They have arrived at, at, at abundance, but they are tempted now to consume this on their own lusts. And God had to speak to their hearts that, wait a minute, go back and report what you have discovered and let everyone else rejoice. Hallelujah. So your faith will only work to the extent that your love is demonstrated. I remember, and I've shared this before, praying for a lady with Dr. Libea. That time we were in medical school. This lady wanted to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues. And we began praying for her. Praying, praying, but when you're praying, we're feeling a resistance. I don't know if Dr. Libea remembered room 400. And we prayed until one time the Spirit prompted me and asked her, Lady, is there something that you have not, is there something that you're dealing with that you have not confessed? There's a lot of resistance in this prayer. And she opened up and said, I have been harboring bitterness against my parents for a very long time. I've been bitter. And I asked her, are you ready to release them? She said, yes. She's, she had not even finished releasing them in the prayer of, of, you know, releasing. If there's a prayer like that. The power of God came upon her so strong, she was on the floor for almost two or three hours. She received the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So her love had to be, the, the, the dynamic there was her love. As long as she was walking in love, the Spirit came. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Bible says, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Why do you want that elevation? Why do you want God to give you the gates of your enemy? Why do you want God to bless you with that car? Is it so that um, we used to read this story called Kifo Kisimani. I don't know how many did it. There was this guy called Gege. Was it Gege? The guy who used to play some something. And one day he woke up and saying, Leo was chanawate watanijua. Glory be to God. You understand that if you didn't read that book. But that, that was his motivation. And I think he ended up, in that story he died. Was it? Or he's the one who killed his brother. He killed his brother, Melusi. Yeah, for him he was about, Leo was chanawate watanijua naiki nandayangu. Hallelujah. What, 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 what is your why? Why are you asking God to enter that territory? Because God will never back anything that does not support directly the advance of his kingdom. At the core of every advance God wants to do in our lives, it must be thy kingdom first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why the four lepers would have been in error if they consumed all that bounty on themselves without noticing that God allowed this move, allowed them to midwife a move of God for the sake of rescuing an entire nation from um, from uh, financial hardship. Hallelujah. So, tell your neighbor, I will walk in love. Tell your neighbor, I will walk in love. That's the only commandment of the New Testament. Amen? Let me go now to the final um, pillar of audacious faith. Maybe you can remind. What was the first pillar? Rema. The second pillar was what? Action. The third pillar? And fourth? Amen. So the fifth one is praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. Say pray in the spirit. We are about to finish and we are going to pray. 
Now, what we don't realize, what we see is Second Kings chapter 7, where the prophet is decreeing the word of the Lord. But what we fail to recognize, and this one God opened my eyes actually today. This was not even part of, I had only four pillars. God added the fifth one today in my meditation. We don't see the antecedent event that prompted the voice of God to be heard. It was a cry of a woman. It was a prayer of petition. That a woman rose up and said, no, this has now gotten to levels that should not get to. And she raised her voice and the king picked it up and that set up a cascade. The king now began to look for the prophet. And when the prophet was being sought for the preservation of his life and of his ministry, he opened his ears and heard the voice of God. There was a prayer that became the occasion to necessitate the move of God. Hallelujah. One of the pillars of audacious faith is praying, and not just praying, but praying in the spirit. The book of Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Then he says, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praying in the Holy Ghost. My God. Sometimes you wonder why uh, we say, let us pray for our country. And then you just see everyone say, Rapakataka. you wonder, no, we were supposed to pray for the country. Amen. And why is everyone else busting in other tongues? Or sometimes we say, we want to pray for Dr. Libea, you know, whatever it is. And then we say, let us pray. Then you hear everybody praying in tongues. Then you wonder, what's wrong with these people? We are praying a specific prayer. Whenever we pray in tongues, the Bible says we are building ourselves up on our most holy faith. That's why Paul says, I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. Anytime, even if you are praying for the job you're just about to get, when you pray in other tongues, you get to a place where you can even pick the perfect will of God for that matter. Hallelujah. So don't feel like you're in error when we say, let us pray for Nairobi County and then you begin to burst out in tongues. Hallelujah. Sometimes they're just there, brother Antonio, and they're like, As you go deep into the realm of the spirit, sometimes you find yourself, now you are shouting. Now you are shouting in the spirit. And then you pick something. You pick a word. So we don't, that praying in tongues is not an end in itself. It's a means to something. Hallelujah. As you pray, and that's why you realize for most people who pray in tongues, it's very easy to, to have the spirit of faith. Because your spirit has been stretched, has been expanded to see the possibilities of God. Because when you pray in tongues, the Bible says that your mind becomes unfruitful. You no longer reason from the carnal side of things. Where you start seeing, you know, like that uh, helper of a king saying, even if God opens the windows of heaven, your mind is not being consulted. It is your spirit communicating directly with God. And the Bible says, he who speaks in a known tongue, these ones that don't give you even enough time to get to the hospital. So he came home. He rushed. He actually left the ministration he was doing, came home. And the wife was there crying. And he took his son and took him to a room. And for five hours, praying in tongues. He says he prayed in tongues so much so that his spirit, it was like his spirit was levitating. And then suddenly in the fifth hour, the Lord impressed Rema. Oh, I love Rema. But then most times you'll get Rema when you pray in tongues. Rema came and the, the Rema was blow on the young man. And that was the Rema. He just did whoosh. Boy came back to life. Now the boy now was narrating his side of the story saying that I actually saw Jesus. I died and I saw Jesus. I didn't want to come back. 
But Jesus kept telling me, your father does not want you to come back. Your father does not want you to stay. Your father wants you back. He said, no, Jesus, I want to stay with you. He says, no, your father does not want. And finally, and I think that time when now the, 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 the word came, when he blew, Jesus handed him the son back to the father. Praise the Lord. A man who refused to take no for an answer, stayed in the presence of God, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up his faith, building up his faith until a miracle happened. Hallelujah. Now, how do you explain that in such a situation? Which verse, when you show up and your son has died, which verse are you going to use? And say, Father, I command life here. You can command life for 20 days, nothing will happen. Praise the Lord. You need to be led there. And as you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are building up yourself on your most holy faith. Hallelujah. I want to finish. And God is putting it in my spirit. I'm also preaching to myself that God wants to shift us to a certain experiences. God is not looking for skill. God is not looking for experts. God is not looking for people who have mastered Christianese. God is looking for people who are going to be available. Men and women who are going to be like the patriarchs of old. It is said of Abraham that Bible says he refused to consider the deadness of Sarah's womb, neither his own age. But God says if you just, if you just remove your eyes from your leprosy, if you just remove your eyes from the frailties of your abilities and then trust him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we ask, think, or imagine, then there for us there shall be a performance. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor there shall be a performance. Mary asks the angel, said, how can this thing be? Because what God spoke was outside of the realm of the comprehension of the natural mind. How can an angel come and tell you that you shall be with a child, you're a virgin? But I like how the angel say, don't worry, Mary, because the spirit of the Almighty shall shadow you. And that which shall be in your womb shall be a child of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You don't have to be in a hurry to produce Ishmael's. When God has spoken about the promised son, we have to believe him by faith. Things may look like they are contrary. Things may look like sometimes when you step out in faith, the fire is made seven times hotter. And you wonder, God, I thought you were the one who had asked me to enter into this territory. But what you just need to do is keep seeing the invisible. It was by this same principle, the Bible says the elders obtained a good report. Bible talks about Moses, that he was willing to leave the comfort and the opulence of a palace. Bible says, for, Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to suffer with the children of God. Why? Because he saw him who is invincible. Please rise up on your feet as we complete. I don't know what you are believing God for. But what he says that with God, all things shall be possible. You have disqualified yourself. You are looking at your level of education. Some of us, God has put a great ministry in you. But you are thinking, I'm only in first year. Who is going to listen to me? That's what he told Jeremiah. Don't say I'm but a child. For I've put my words in you. Hallelujah. God is calling us to the place of audacious faith. And as we enter into this realm of audacious faith, we are going to produce God kind of miracles. Praise the Lord. God kind of miracles. And this will be done by lay people. People who are not even known by anybody. People who, 
People who are going to write miracles are going to be in the order of Stephen. And these men who are just but table servers, they were just serving tables. But God used them to write mighty miracles. Talking of Stephen, the Bible says he brought the entire city of Samaria to a standstill. Writing the power and the move of God among a people. Why? Because they were willing and they were available. They refused to disqualify themselves based on where they were coming from. Yes, I know. I know you come from the least family. I know in your home, nobody has made it to where you are at. But God is saying you are the one that he has appointed to champion and to midwife his move. As we're in that mood, just begin to pray. I want to invite Mama just to lead us in that section and also to take us to the rest of the program. Thanks for listening on this episode of the High Ground Podcast. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or on any streaming platform that you're listening on. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the notifications so that you get alerted next time we have something new on the show. Much love from Pastor Laureen and the rest of the High Ground family. Until next time, Kingdom Blessings.